Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Lads, Merry Christmas. How are we? Not too bad. How are oh you? God. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas. I am also good. That's good. Oh. Yeah, that is really good. Yeah. Uh, positive vibes all around. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, maybe not in Germany right now. Because oh, probably not. Because last night they suffered their worst loss since the Battle of the Bulge. But, um, Oof. Oh, that's no. A, that's, a, yeah. that's a history reference right there. Yeah, oh. boom. Let's go. <laughs> Although, guys, it is December 27th. The World Juniors. We're going, guys. It's day two today, I believe. Mm-hmm. No, day, uh, day three. Day three. Day three. Day three. Uh, we're going to do a nice – most of the show is going to be the World Juniors. It's been – it's been a fun tournament, uh, though there, of course, have been lopsided matches, but some more than usual. Um, yeah, there was a game I predicted would be 6-2, not 16-2, and we'll get to that a little later. Though we do have some house cleaning cleaning to get through, and that's going to be some quick NHL stuff. First of all, um, to quote Jeff uh, Goldblum in the original Jurassic Park, life uh, uh, finds a way. But instead, you swap out life in Tampa Bay because they have re-signed Anthony Sorelli. Coincidentally, and we're not saying this on purpose, obviously, we talked about this last episode, um, right as Kucherov is out for the season, it doesn't take very long for Sorelli to be re-signed. It's a three-year deal. $4.8 million is the AAV for the guy who was right outside the finalists for the Selkie Trophy. Alex, you're wearing Tampa Bay colors right now. Go no, ahead. But I'm wearing Leaf jersey. I know. Just to but be it's clear. I mean, we all knew this was gonna happen. Like we knew, we knew that they were gonna figure it out, mm-hmm. and they did. They did. Except they had to give up absolutely nothing. Like in terms of, um, in terms of players, uh, assets. They obviously will lose Kucherov for a full season, a full regular season, but in 56 games when they're playing, uh, they're hard. Like, man, their division is. I don't know how to describe it. Do you have it up in front of you? I think so. Is it Boston, Tampa, Buffalo, Florida, Detroit, Chicago, Nashville, and St. Louis? I thought was Minnesota in there before and got moved, or was it just added? It Let's is. see if the I can find the right one. Is, Let me go on is, NHL.com. I wonder what their cap is going to look like when it comes to do they now with Kucherov being out for the season? And, of course, once you get past the trade deadline into the playoffs, uh, cap situations just sort of go out the window. How if they're maybe now they can hold on to TJ for another year? Though, uh, Daniel, your thoughts on the deal as well. It's just, it's just a high hate Tampa Bay. Hey, yeah, thank God they're not in the same division as the Leafs in Montreal this year. Yeah, I think it's two things that um, I look at with this is it's one of those moves that it was already cued in a way that, you know, once there's an opening, this is going to just happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, really, really 
great cap hit for the Lightning. And what we've talked about before, they managed to get it done. Um, what I said before was, you know, that cap crunch was inevitable, especially with the young talent they've brought up. And just what I've said before, like, man, like looking at this and thinking of like Stan Bowman, what he had to do when they had to like, you know, year after year dismantle those championship teams. And the way the Lightning is, and it's only been this one season, but the way they've been able to kind of manage everything, you know, they didn't get rid of a lot of people. You know, Alex and I could argue that Carter Verhehe was probably the biggest casualty of this free agent time. But don't forget about Zach Bogosian. Oh, and Zach Bogosian. My apologies. I I didn't see the jersey there, but I thought it was actually a Lightning jersey. I thought it was a Luke Shen Lightning jersey. Sorry. No. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, like great on them that, you know, it's going to be a huge loss with Nikita Kucherov being out. But the fact that they buy enough time to kind of figure out this cap crunch again, because I still think Tyler Johnson is gone. I still think they're going to figure out how to get rid of Alex Kalorn, you know, maybe Yanni Gord. I don't know, but I know that Yanni Gord's a bit up there when it comes to keeping the guys together. Yeah, he's um he's the type of guy that helps you in the playoffs. I, um, it's, it's, yeah, he's the, of those three, he's the last guy they want to move. Just, it, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> no, I found the division, so. Okay, so yeah, can you just read out Tampa Bay's name? Uh, so Tampa, Nashville, Florida, Detroit, Dallas, Columbus, Chicago, and Carolina. Yeah, Tampa's winning. Tampa's yeah, so, they're winning. Yeah, they're winning. But why isn't this on, like, the main page of NHL.com? Why did I have to... Because Go back to an article account. from a week ago. Because they're going to tell us that they're going to make another change like in like a day or so. And go like, that's not the final card draft. Of course not. Uh, I think Daniel made, made a good point there that this is just uh, like they're going to have the same issue next year. It's not like anyone majors coming off the books. Like projected cap space for next year is already n- negative three and a half million. They have a cap. They have a cap hit of 80, 85 million dollars blake coleman cedric paquette barclay goudreau Braden coburn luke shen and curtis mcelaney are ufas and they are still over the cap but you know what at the end of the day we're not worried about them no. i just wonder um because we're gonna get back we're gonna get the taxi squads eventually for our favorite teams but i'm just thinking for tampa because you know we love andre vasileski but what other than what? Who is going to be their other goalies? Uh, Chris Gibson mm-hmm. or Spencer Martin. Those are the two guys they have signed okay. at the moment. Maybe Ingram. No, Ingram's he's not. In- Ingram's he's in Nashville. In Nashville? Nashville? Yeah. Oh, no, he was in he's he's he was in, in that. Uh, he's. I mean, you know, it's alleged, but it's he's in that betting controversy yeah, yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connor Ingram. Yeah. Yeah, he's well, part of the, He was part of the Swedish team or the team in. In the league, that was um, it's him, and I think Grunstrom is also part of it too. Yeah, he's oh. a member of the squad, I should say. Yeah, I mean, he we put up some pretty good numbers the last two years. Yeah, but not in the game that's alleged in. Yeah, that happened oh, through yeah. the game. Yeah, oh, okay, it was okay. it was not good. I didn't hear about that. That's interesting. It, listen, it's a recent a good episode. I know you were behind your podcast. Oh, I'm so behind, and now that yeah. my laptop's not working, so I'm even more behind. Oh yes, that is the update. Um, we wish Alex's laptop the best speed right recovery. now. Speedy yes. recovery. Speedy recovery. It's on, uh, it's on LTIR at the moment. Yeah, it's on Robida oh. Island. Speaking of recovery, we give our best wishes to Team Canada captain Kirby Doc. Who mm-hmm. yes. It, what looked like a very innocent collision against the Russians in Canada's pre-tournament game. Have you seen the picture of his wrist? 
Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. He is yeah. not coming back for the tournament. Uh, the IIHF have a really weird rule where you have to have a captain. So, Bowen Byram and I can't. Who is the second? Is Dylan it Cousins? Cousins, yeah. Cousins, yeah. Cousins Jesus, I, his name should should be Cousins. It's cool. You know, I actually don't uh, know because a lot of people like I've it's been like a 50-50 split with me saying Cousins uh, or Cousins. Anyway, so um, because they have to um, have a C, Byram and Cousins will be Cousins will be. Sh- Ferraro saying cousins, so I'm saying it's that. Okay. We'll be splitting games with the C, but they have made it very clear, and so have Team Canada that yeah. uh, Doc is their captain. A nice sentiment, um, but boy, it's it is a big loss for Canada. He is. I think there is an argument to be made that with Doc, he was their best player, and I mean, they weren't giving Byfield a lot of ice time, unfortunately. Um, no. Before we move on quickly, I don't know if you were going to go to the World Juniors, but I do have breaking news. Okay. The Washington Capitals have made a move. They have, really? some, yeah, they signed goaltender Craig Anderson to a professional tryout. Oh, that's, that's a good on him. Move. That's a good move. Uh, last year, he was 11, 17, and two with a 3.25 goals against average and a 902 save percentage in 34 games with Ottawa last season. A 902 on Ottawa, not he, a veteran goalie. Mm hmm. I think I think that's a really good move for them. I think that's a very solid move. I mean, if there was another guy you could have thrown in there, obviously there, uh, it's a very unfortunate what happened to Henrik Lundqvist, but it's him, it's him, Ryan Miller, and Craig Anderson, and even Jimmy Howard. Like, I think putting a veteran guy behind uh, Ilya Samsonov is probably one of the best things that you could do for his career. Yeah, exactly. And we said before we don't don't really know what is Phoenix Copley. Right. Cool name though. Yeah. One of the best in the league. Um, we'll do taxi squads at the end, just because I'm really eager to get into the World Juniors. I'm not okay. gonna lie. Alrighty. Uh, but one more piece of business. Uh, last night it broke. The Sens have acquired Derek Stefan for a second round pick from the Arizona Coyotes. The second rounder was actually Columbus's pick. Uh, so the Suns do not lose any of their own selections in this deal. It is still a very strange deal for the Suns. Yes, an overpayment. They have, especially because you made a very good point here last night, Alex, that the Coyotes need to shed salary. And we saw Schmidt was dealt for nothing. Um, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking that St. Louis had to move on from Allen for nothing. We've seen so many, like Columbus have moved a few defensemen for it. And I mean, if there's a team that you're going to take advantage of, you think you can do it with with the Sens? Like, like Nemestikov was that was bad, but it was it was a later pick. A second though, like that's those are those are those. I love a second round pick. It's nice. They're like a nice ripe apple. Who doesn't love a nice second? A good crunch to that, yeah. Good, but with a combination of juice, you know, the nice substance apple. It's lovely, right? Mm -hmm. It could pan out into like. A solid pie, you know, we don't know that. Yeah, Yeah. maybe maybe some sauce. I mean, put it into a gravy. I need to give that, like, sort of tang to it. There's a gravy and apple. There's a good apple and gravy. You can make, you can, this is off topic. Well, you can do like apple cider into a nice, reduce it down and make it into a nice gravy for Christmas. Um, Okay. You mix a lot of stuff in there, but like, you can, you can, yeah. Okay, okay. Now on to Derek Stepan. Yeah, like, the move for me was maybe I'm just looking too far back. But I'm looking back at 2017, that draft where, oh you know, a lot of assets moving here and there, getting for 
what they thought was a first-line center, maybe, and it just has not worked out in Arizona for Derek Stepan. No, um, and they were after him for a while. A while. Yeah, it's been downward trajectory for a couple of years. Like, his first season is in, in Arizona wasn't uh, wasn't awful. He had he had put up 56 points in 82 games, which was almost a career high. Um, and then 18-19, he had 35 points. Last year, he had 28 points. And, and I know you could say, you know, it's Arizona, it's Arizona. And I know he's only 30 years old, but I – I really think that second's an overpayment. And I know it's going to be, I know it's Columbus's pick, but it's not like, it's still going to be a mid mid round pick. Like how far, how far is Columbus going to go next year? You traded Murray, you traded Marcus Nudivara, Pierre-Luc Dubois isn't, isn't signed yet. Josh Anderson, you trade Josh Anderson, you bring in Max Domi. Like, how far is this team going? Not to mention that they're in that division with, most notably, Carolina. Yeah. And uh, you ever heard of them? Uh, Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. We just talked about them. And Dallas. Steal everyone's lunch money. By the way, underratedly, uh, Tampa-Dallas for nine, ten games is going to be feisty. We definitely did that on purpose. When I think about this deal, like, I think Arizona escaped some of it because well, I mean, like Tony D'Angelo really did develop into a solid player, mm-hmm. but like you know, Elias Anderson didn't become any, didn't become really, you know, a substantial part of the future. Oh, yeah, you, you can for uh, for the Rangers. I mean, like you know, they trade him for like the 60th overall pick in like yeah. the recent draft. Um, Andy Rotten has been solid for the Coyotes, he just can't stay healthy. So it's it's a bit of a wash, but I think it's just when I look back on the Coyotes, it's again another example of that asset management of you know what are you doing with your draft picks? What are you actually really acquiring? Well, they're regaining a pick that they lost thanks to uh, oh no, did they lose their second round? Never mind, they just gained an extra second round pick. They don't have their first this year. Mm-hmm. Well, they as in you know they're recovering somewhat from from they remember as for those of you who don't know. Due to a guy they developed, we talked about Mitchell Miller a ton, how terrible that was. Um, and then trades they had either picks they had traded and then were penalized for breaching the combine testing stuff. Yeah. So are they losing anything? No, but they're really they're trying to recover as much from right. 2020 draft because they couldn't make any picks. The thing I don't get from Ottawa's perspective is did they really need to make this move? No, I there was a tweet I saw. I'm gonna try and try and see if I can find it again. Because it was John Tierney, it was what their lineup looked like, and I was like, Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're if you're Pierre, if I'm I'm thinking from Pierre Dorian and uh DJ Smith's point, you'd rather want to play your young guys unless you don't think your young guys are ready but to give up a second round pick um instead of going out and like unless you really didn't like what was out there in the open market i i don't see why you give up a second round pick and you could say well you know like i i believe there are team who had multiple second round picks but uh, it's still a second round pick. They they had three. Now they have two. 
Yeah. Um, uh, they're weird. The spins it's, weird. It's interesting to me because what I kind of find is everything Alex said where they have, you know, Schlappick, you know, our, our, our favorite guy in uh, the Kraken in our uh, yeah. GM mode. Or uh, they have guys who have been there a while already who they said they're going to develop them into centers like Colin White, Logan Brown. These are guys that they keep going back and forth. How many rookie tournaments has Logan Brown been in now? Yeah, that I kind of find that, you know, you're not going to contend. Like, give these guys minutes. Yeah, uh, it's 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 very strange. Like, looking at their lineup right now, it, it and so this is from Sean Tierney, and he has this graphic, a lineup creator tool, tool from um, at Charting Hockey. And it has, it has Derek Stefan on the second line. He's with Josh Norris and Tim Stutzel. Please. By the way, Stutzel, oh, Stutzel's nice. Stutzel's a player. Um, first line they have it with Colin White, Dodonov, and Kachuk, right? And then the third line it's Connor Brown, Galchenyuk, and then yeah, Logan Brown. The fourth line and Nisimov, Tierney, and Batherson. And I mean, looking at their defense, it's still Shabbat and Gabrantz. We know Zaitsev's there. Mike Riley's around. What's Branson going to be? He'll be good, but and then Holberg and Murray. It's just I don't know if. The point of the deal, when you think of Stefan's salary, you could also think, could you not have just spent on Arakawa? Or I think Grandland as well could have been. Maybe they didn't want to go to Ottawa, but you know, it's 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 a questioning, it's it's a questionable move from. Yeah, side. like to me, he, okay, he makes. I, I understand he makes two million dollars. His that's his base salary. Arizona paid the three and a half. I think he was making. In, in the signing bonus. But to me, this deal this deal looks more like a move for leadership than it was for a, a, a need that you had. Because I think the way they're positioned, it might be better for them to play their young guys than, like, how competitive are they really going to be in the Canadian division? Because I, I think there's a large, I think there's a significant gap between Ottawa and the next closest team because the thing with the Canadian division and I said we brought up last time there's Ottawa there's a bunch of teams and then there's the top tier teams Mm -hmm. like and and the difference between the top tier teams and that middle club isn't that big but the difference between the middle club and the and Ottawa I think is more significant yeah uh, I I Protecting third line center Logan Brown when it's just he has not had a made an impact. No one has been shouting about Logan Brown is it is concerning when you look at some of the center depth of other Canadian teams. Right off the bat, I'm thinking of the Oilers. I'm thinking of the Leafs. Even the Canadians to a certain extent. Uh, it's 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 worrying. Though we'll we'll get out of there. It's time to dive into the World Juniors. If you don't like the World Juniors, I don't know how you're here, and you might as well turn off the podcast now because that's all we're talking about for the rest of the episode. Lads, I mean, where where do you guys want to start here? There is there's a lot. There is a lot. I mean, we. I'm too overwhelmed of excitement. I don't know. <laughs> it's what's good about this is is. I haven't. It's real. It's it's very strange. The three of us haven't actually talked that much since the tournament started. It's really just been Mike mm-hmm. and I yelling at each other throughout the group chat. So I actually I like to leave you guys. I like to leave you guys to it. Yeah. I mean, like, there's been the presence of it in the force throughout this whole podcast of me mentioning these guys. The dis- so. I feel a disturbance when it's eleven one after the second period. Yes. Though uh, I guess you know what. Let's let's start it. Let's start it here. Last night was pretty rough. 
for Team Germany, who, if you've been paying attention, you know what's up. But for those of you who don't, Germany has just been hit so hard with COVID. I believe it was Mackenzie was saying, I think it was eight or nine players have tested positive. Mm-hmm. Their starting goalie is there. Lucas Reichel is among them players. How a normal hockey game works is when you start a game, you have two goalies, one in the net, you're back up on the ice. You have 12 forwards, six defensemen, 18 skaters, two goalies. Team Germany had 14 skaters last night. They did not have a fourth line, and they had five defensemen. Their game against Finland, which they put up a damn good fight, we'll talk about that a little later, the average ice time on that team was 21 minutes. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. There is a – and I really want to talk about Germany the start here because I loved seeing them in the gold medal game in the Olympics. And I, like Germany is a sports market. It they're insane Germany. They are such a like they're always it seems like you, they never are down for long Germany, you know what I mean? And I feel mm. like they're such an underrated market. Like obviously like you want the NHL going into Asia, but Germany with dry silo especially and what they were able to do with the Olympics there is a step forward there. And it's much different when you see Canada spank Kangaskhan. How do you say Kazakhstan? Kazakhstan, like nine one. Kazakhstan, like that's different. Yeah. But what Canada did to Germany last night, sixteen to two, was legitimately heartbreaking to watch. I'm amazed it took to the third period for Stutzel to slam a bench door close and show some frustration because. That was, I think there was a stat that the the most goals that Canada has scored at the World Juniors is 18 against Poland decades ago. There was either another 16 or 18 goal game against Germany in the 80s. And last night was 16 to 2. And I feel like if Canada had kept pressing at the end there, they were going to hit 18. I yeah. mean, from the game's get-go, the moment that Caden Gooley scored, you said, oh, no. Like, when Germany had their chance right after the two-on-one that Levi stopped, you thought, all right. They almost came back against Finland. There's a chance here. And then the, it just, no. the fl- It wasn't even like the American game when they had 70 shots and Austria barely got 10. It was pure, like, there was no goaltending. There was just no sort of, the moment Stutzel wasn't on the ice, it was, we're done. I, I was reading um, that Canada has like 19 first round picks and Every Germany forward. Germany has 14 skaters. Canada had more goals than Germany had shots. I'm thinking at the top of my head as well. Again, yeah, every forward was a first rounder. And I'm thinking Gooley, Drysdale, Byram were first rounders as well. Yep. At least. Like. They didn't even have Braden Schneider because of that. Uh... Just gutless hit by a stupid hit. Yeah. Not as bad as the hit in the Austria game, but I don't know what he was thinking there. But I appreciate that, That by the way, the IIHF are very serious with this. We don't have Stinky mm-hmm. on the suspension yet. But, I mean, lads, let's just take a second to – the Germans, apparently, they think their guys are going to be back by the time they have to face, like, a Slovakia and that. And their goal is to make it to the quarters. If they win one of those games, they're going to make it. Mm-hmm. But just like, I want to get your guys just just a word here 
on just like the amount of respect we need to have for the Germans. I know like Cousins was talk Cousins after the game was talking about it. It was at Ryan Rashog wasn't very original and kind of asked the same thing to every player about it. Mm-hmm. Just a word from you both, starting with you, Dan, on Team Germany, because that was it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. I think that yeah, it's something that I don't think is necessarily a step back per se, but it's something that it is a bit unfortunate to see how that program is right now. Because I remember growing up when, you know, you think of German hockey, you think of Christian Erhoff, you think of Marco Sturm, Olaf Kolzing, you know, those are the only guys you really see. And then I think it was Ray Ferraro uh, or Gordon Miller last night that talked about it, where, you know, this is a program that's on the rise. Like, you know, mm-hmm. single-handedly their best player is Leon Dreisaitl, only at 25. And this is a team that's going to be, on the rise eventually a program that's going to continue to have these amount of NHL players. And like you mentioned, Lucas Reichel, that was a huge hit for them because that was definitely another person that you could say that, you know, he is a bright spot on this program. Um, I remember looking at the goalies as well, like they're playing in division two right now in their junior programs. And I think that, very disheartening, especially, you know, these are a bunch of 17, 18, year, 19 year old guys, but you know, it's, 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 it's kind of crazy. It's hard for me to kind of say that of all the praise I have right now of the program, what kind of just kind of happened last night, because I know they were shorthanded, but I think it's just a blip in everything. It's not something mm-hmm. that's going to be a trend, but that we're going to see with this program moving forward. Their backup didn't even have a painted mask. Oh. No, Which it was G backup. Poor guy, Alex. I, I mean, I feel awful for those guys. Um, it, I mean, Daniel said a lot. Just, it's not a step backwards, and I think they're in a really tough situation. Like they, they don't have eight or nine guys, and they're gonna hopefully get them back. But at the moment, they are down these guys, and last night was was a bloodbath. Like that was bad. But you do have to – I think you guys make some good points. Like, they, they do have an up-and-coming program. Leon Dreisaitl, uh, Tim Stutzel from this year. I think Lucas Reichel's next year. Like, the and, and it's – they're they're producing these really high-end prospects. And I think as as the game continues to grow in Germany and, – and Adam makes a good point. Germany is a really good market to grow in. I mean, considering how they adore soccer – I think it could be really big if the if we can if hockey gets somewhat desirable in that country and and I think playing when they do those European games and I know this year and probably next year that that might not happen but those European games go to Germany send Ottawa send uh Edmonton like you send those German guys there. And I think the difference between the last generation of, of German guys in this generation of this upcoming generation in dry Stutzel and Reichel is that they're, they're supposed to be and dry already there at that top tier level. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what's going to grow the game there. Um, by the way, Reichel was drafted by Chicago just um, by the way, in the last draft. Also, oh. John- Hederick. Yeah, 17th. I'm not going to be able to say it right. Buffalo Sabres prospect John Hederick. I'm English. I can't say German, even though apparently our royalty is probably part German. And you know, 
Zach Spin Kohlberg. Yeah, um, but you know, John Petrica was also uh, he scored. I think he was one of the Germans' goals. It went off a Byram stick, but um, they've got guys there, in Germany. And again, Sens fans. Oh boy, Tim Stutzel. Oh boy, pretty great. Yeah. In that game, he had a few moments, a few shifts where you said, "Oh, oh, well, he's better." He is easily. It's a reason he went third. He's better than a lot of these Canadian players. Honestly, yeah. he was. Um, we're not putting down Byfield. We're going to talk about him a little later and just how insane it is that people are counting him out. But um, the Sens are going to be so happy with Byfield right now. Also, the Germans did put up a brave fight against the Finns. They were they were down. I believe it was three nothing at one point. They came in to make it uh, three to two. Eventually, lost. I was I think it was five two five three against the Finns. Um, you know, I watched that game and I thought, you know what? If if Germany can put up this fight. Mm-hmm. against the Finns. I mean, questionable from Finland. They they probably should have been more consistent. They had some a few defensive breakdowns there that led to those German goals. Again, two points that game from Stutzel. But I also wonder if the Germans, let's say those a few of their players aren't ready come their last few games of the round robin, uh, what, even with them coming back, what state is Stutzel going to be in? Or any of those top-line guys? Playing the amount they are, plus even the the like the morale of the team, like I, I would pay. It's kind of horrible to say. I would pay to kind of see what their locker room was last night. Like, what is the emotional toll on you after a game like that? It's gonna be. It's interesting. Like I, I'm thinking the same thing. Same thing as well. Like what? What do you say if I'm the head coach of Germany? Like. I walk into that room and say, well, we have 14 guys. Like, uh, let's not kid ourselves here. If Even if they were full strength, it wouldn't be 16-2, but it'd still be a, a, a difficult game for Germany. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're down, guys, you just got brutally just kicked 16-2. I, I think a lot – a lot of it is going to be what did that coach say last night? Because your next game is against Slovakia tomorrow on the on December twenty eighth. Who got you, slapped by Sweden yesterday as well? Yeah, who? Yeah. Uh, and all and those top line guys, Stutzel, like someone like Stutzel, he's either going to walk in there and he's going to be just meh. Like his body language, and he's not, or he's going to be absolutely pissed that he just that his team just got murdered sixteen to two, and he's going to have a the a game like no other. Daniel, I kind of think that you know Tim Stutzel, someone that as the captain has to rally them. I know that it's kind of hard to do that after a game like that, but they kind of have to see it this way where we look at the score, we look at, you know, in a way the humiliation of the kind of things that happened because they're shorthanded and they had to play all these guys so many minutes, but I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing this. It's still one game. It's still, you know, the tournament has to go on that they will be able to kind of prove themselves that they could still go for those upsets. What I kind of think about is maybe not at the extent anymore, but this, this, the Swiss, program where they 
have gone through a lot of these embarrassments at every level. They've been, I remember Benjamin Cons. this was way back in the World Juniors, but this guy put up like 55 saves against Canada and kind of kept them in it. But I, I think of that situation where you just got to keep going with the tournament that there's going to be these type of games or even Latvia yeah. in uh, the Olympics. Olympics. Do you remember that? Chris S versus, what's his name again? Um, Mercy Mer- 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 got that one with it was yeah it, look up Latvia it's one of the I'm sorry we weren't we weren't alive for the or anything okay. um either sorry Adam Adam you're cutting out you're cutting in and out and there's an echo um no just just to go a little bit off what daniel was saying before i think the the reason i said that a lot of it's going to be on the coach is because these guys are so young Mm. like they're the oldest they can be is 19 or 20 Uh, and u20 so it's u20 so under under at max 19. They could be 20, like they could turn 20 during the tournament. Like right. One of the rules. Yeah. So I think it's difficult for, I think it's difficult for any 19 year old to, especially when you, when it's a game like that, to walk into the room and say, and to lift the team spirit. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's hard even for an NHL captain to do that. Like if you, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm the Leafs captain after, let's say, they lost 9-2 to Nashville, how do you walk into that room and say, we need to do better when you know that it's very difficult to do better right now? Mm-hmm. No one's going to listen to you either. Do I sound any better now? Yeah, better. Yeah, a lot better. Okay. Sweet. Uh, I guess next, do you guys want to go Finland? Do you want to go Sweden? Do you want to go the States? Or do you want to go Canada? Um... Let's say Canada and the U.S. for last. Yeah. Okay. Sweden, they extend their winning streak in the preliminary rounds to 53 straight games, but no one cares because it was against the Czechs, unfortunately. Not Slovakia. I mixed that up. Shout out to Jan. I'm going to try and say it right. It's not my sack. Mishak. Jan Mishak, Canadian second round pick and captain for the squad, getting the only goal for the Czechs. A rough game, but credit to Sweden. They have also been hit by the likes of COVID. They still have a roster, though they do not have a coach. <laughs> Their head coach is actually, he's got COVID. He's, he's away doing his own thing. But Sweden, I almost never pay attention to them because I know what they're about. They've got Broberg, who was, was player of the game for them in their, their match against the Czechs. Was amazing, um, obviously. Uh, Edmonton have a good prospect there. And they've also got Lucas Raymond, who everyone is going to pay that much more attention to now after Detroit went off the board with them. Though it, it's almost that they have become such a meme that they they are the they are they are what Washington were uh, before they won the cup. That they are this amazing team in the preliminaries and the closest. I think it's since this streak has started, they've won one gold medal. They got close a few years ago, the year that Victor Mete was on Team Canada, but of course they lost after a late Canadian goal. I, 
I just, I don't know what it is with Sweden. I'm just like, I just, I look at you guys and I'm like, cool. You go win the world championships that are all the NHLers who didn't make the playoff. Like, go do that. I'm just, I should feel like I should be more scared of the Swedes, but I just, I'm not. I don't know. It's just me, though. I just, like, we're getting too comfortable. Like, they're great. It's just win again. You're a powerhouse in international hockey. Get me more. Like, do it for, do it for Lundqvist. Do it for Lundqvist. I know he hasn't played yeah. World Juniors before <laughs> we were a thing, but if, if, if that long ago. I don't think he played because he was, like, not a, considered a top prospect. He was, like, in the seventh round. Okay, I'm going to check true. that out. I'm going to check that out. Ch- Hendrick Fun fact, Patrick Waugh, Martin Brodeur never played in the World Juniors. Well, Waugh was a late rounder, too, wasn't he? Just yeah, Brodeur didn't make the team. That's hilarious. There goalie ever and and uh Martin Brodeur. Why did I just completely just <laughs> out there? What? Uh, he did play in the World Juniors, by the way, did Lundquist. Oh, okay. He had an assist. Wow. Sorry, go on, Alex. But no, I was just gonna say, like, uh Sweden's an interesting team. Like they do have some some names. Like Jesper Wallstadt, uh Wallstead. He's supposed to be uh in next year's draft, and he's supposed to be a very good uh, goalie. Tobias Bjornfoot, uh, mm-hmm. King's draft pick from uh, two years ago now. Broberg, obviously. Hol- Alexander Holtz, from, uh, who was drafted this year. Like, they got some guy, again, Ra- uh, Lucas Raymond, um, Zion Nybeck, Noel Gundler, Hugo Alnefeld from Tampa Bay. Like, they got some guys... They got some uh, some really interesting players, but I feel like, and it's the thing with uh, the difference between Canada, the Canada and the United States, and Sweden, Finland, and 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 Russia. But I think Russia's kind of in the middle of these guys. Is that can the U.S. always have more NHL guys than any than anyone else? Like more NHL ready guys than anybody else. And I think that if you, every time you run into Canada and Sweden, uh, Canada and the U S it feels like that's just where they keep stopping and stopping. In my mm-hmm. opinion. What I kind of find with Sweden is like, definitely like the amount of talent that is there that, you know, I love that example. It's like the Washington Capitals. Um, I think if I could like to add one player to that, you know, list that you guys provided, like the one bright spot of the Arizona Coyotes right now, Victor Solistrom, the uh, defenseman, 11th overall in 2019. Like he has yes. been really solid for them. He has been someone that I think that despite the fact we've said the, the, the barren lands of the Arizona Coyotes and their prospect system, he is really like the only you know, light there right now. And yeah, Sweden, they have a squad. They have some, a team where when we talk about NHL ready guys, I think that, you know, we look at players like Lucas Raymond. We look at guys like Philip Brobrick, especially who I've been kind of waiting on to see what he does for Edmonton, where I'm surprised. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get at least a look based on how many injuries and how many players they haven't really signed yet on that blue line. And Maybe I'm just being optimistic with it, but maybe Sweden could kind of turn it around this year. Um, I look back on that team that 
they had that kind of run where, you know, they get into the medal round and they get outshot like crazy and they just get the lucky bounces. But, and I think of Mika Zibanejev, where I remember when they won the gold medal against Russia and they were like outshot like 44 to 15 and then he scores the overtime winner. So you just really kind of never know with this tournament, but they're a team that I still... I still, I, I don't know why, I have this feeling that I kind of fear them more than I do the U.S. going against Canada. Yeah, yeah. let me let me just make it clear. I'm not saying that the, the Swedes are bad at all. I'm just not, they just have that sort of choke aura mm-hmm. around them. Um, I mean, the States are so weird because, I mean, we'll, I guess we, we'll move on from, from Sweden. Uh, I guess let's go to Finland then. Let's let's stay off because Russia, the states, and Canada. Especially the the watch out for the Russians. We'll get to them uh, again. Finland. We're waiting for them to have another game. Um, but again, they they had another. They had their win against Germany. They have yeah against Germany. They have a good few least prospects, Alex. So I'll let you take it away with Sweden. Um, Finland. A well balanced squad. The Finns. Yes, the I said Sweden tonight. Finns. Scandinavia, why not? Just put them into one. They'd be so good. I mean, uh, just a program that we're talking about Germany on the rise. Finland are going yeah. in one, two years ago. And I mean, like, they are a, uh, if there's a dark horse, I feel like you could probably go Finland. I don't think they're going to win, but they can pleasant, pleasant, pleasantly surprise you. Yeah, they got um, a few Leafs guys, but I don't think that's their bright spots necessarily. I think. I mean, like a guy like Mikko Hawken and maybe Roni Hirvinen, but I think there are guys like Joel Blomquist, who is also drafted this year in the second uh, second round by Pittsburgh. It was in the trade. That pick was in the trade from Ottawa. Uh, Brad, the most, I, I don't know how he's finished, but he is Brad Lambert. I have a feeling that that's not how you say it, but that's just... I guess there, uh, Henry Nikonen, Anton Lundell, Vili Hinola. Obviously, Hinola played with uh, Winnipeg last year. He but was good at Germany. He stood out. Like those are guys that I think will will live up to their expectations, and I think they'll bring Finland f- forward. Mm-hmm. Daniel, I mean, talk about Hinola's a great name. He's if, if Winnipeg need anything, it's development in their defense. And yeah, what a yeah, go on. What I kind of find with Vili Hanola is, you know, he didn't play the whole season, but, you know, this is a guy where he goes in getting drafted 20th overall after being the pick from the Jacob Truba trade to the Rangers or technically got their pick back from uh, the, um, oh my, uh, from uh, the Kevin Hayes trade. Yeah. And he's a guy where he came in as a like 18 year old and he's already playing top four minutes. And I know that Kirby doc got to play the whole season with Chicago, but to see Hilnola also get that NHL experience being someone who is outside of the top 15 picks, like no less, he is someone to definitely look at. He's been a factor for Finland. He is someone that's going to be a good backbone for their defense. And when I look at that forward group, I, Anton Ludell, like, you know, this was a guy where I really didn't know where he was going to go, but I knew for sure he was going to go in the top part of the draft. He has really shown. 
you know, he, he bounced around a little last year. I didn't realize so looking at his hockey DB. Obviously, yeah, went to Winnipeg. Then went back to the league uh, after going to the AHL for a bit. Handful of games, only three. But I'm sure he's he's making the point here to say, you know, I, I'm I'm ready to stick it in North America. Whether that's the AHL or NHL, he's probably going to prefer the NHL. But, you know, he's, he's making a statement. All right. Let's talk about Russia and the why they are probably – the biggest threat to Canada in this tournament because my God, did they suffocate the Americans? It was first of all, Yaroslav's Askarov, which it turns out it's Askarov, not Askarov. But figured that out. Thanks, Gord Miller. Askarov is such a fun goalie to watch because he's got the they compare them to Grant Fuhr. They just love like you know that in a few years there's going to be a, you know a video package of of Askarov giving the puck away a lot. There's going to be some ugly goals there. But boy, and he's got this weird thing where he'll make the easy save, but then he'll he'll be the fish in the net and it's like how did he make like the Curtis McElhaney special? He's just such a fun goalie. And just the rest of that Russian team are so their penalty kill is aggressive. They play heavy. They're on you. It's an unusual yeah. what Russian team, but they are a joy to watch. And it's weird to say it about Russia because normally you just think firepower, and that's it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true. But not this Russian team. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And they got some uh, very interesting players. Uh, I mean, Igor Chinikov, who no one knew before June 23rd was the first round of the draft. Yeah. Columbus's guy? That is Columbus's guy. Um, Vasily Ponomaryov, Mikhail Abramov, uh, who's the Leafs, obviously Askarov. Um, uh, put, yep. Vasily Podkolzin, Amirov, like they they have some very interesting guys who are gonna be hits in the NHL. And I think oh God, that's yeah. that's gonna be great for them. They're also coached, and I think Daniel might enjoy this by Igor Larianov. He's a good story, by the way. Mm-hmm. Very nice, Daniel. Then, what do you think of the Russians? Yeah, I think that a big thing that in a lot of tournaments I've seen in the past, even up until maybe the last Olympics, that the criticism they kind of had with Russia where you had these glaring stars, you had that firepower from your snipers, but then you look at the bottom six, you look at, you know, outside of Andre Markov, you're like, what do you have on defense? Um, it's like Orlov and Markov was it. Yeah. Yeah, Emelin was there. It, it was it was like oh great Tarasenko is our second liner like scoring winger with Kuznetsov this is great, but then you make a very good point. It's like what else is there? Yeah, but what I see with this team for the Real Juniors is that you know there's these guys that maybe they've been those top six guys on their other teams and finally like they're playing that great bottom six. They're playing that team that's they're so balanced everywhere that. I, I agree. They're going to be the biggest threat to Canada. And, you know, like Askarov or how, you know, we, we have to say it now. Like, it's always funny with these, with these tournaments. Like, I didn't know it was Devin Levi, by the way. I don't, I still don't know how to say Stutzel properly. Stutzla. Stutzla, like, yeah. Somebody tell me how to say it. It doesn't help when Ferraro and Miller both say different things. 
yeah, I you know you don't know who to trust. But um, yeah, what I kind of find with Russia is that they're gonna be one of the teams to beat. Um, I know it's hard for Alex to look at this team and say like, man, I want Ronian Amirov to go off, but man, not against Canada. I don't know if this is just because obviously in that game I was trying to keep a very close eye on Cole Caulfield, but it, it, it felt like whenever I saw Amirov, he was breaking up a play. I think he was on their penalty kill. I could be a hundred percent wrong, but of the Russians, the same thing. I heard a lot about Amirov. Like he, again, I'm looking at a different. I'm focusing on the other team, and the guy is definitely making name. He's. It's so weird to think of Russia having these utility players, and they are so. You can tell they're out for blood from last year. I remember yeah, um over that TSN camera. Yeah, I remember looking at um like if I'm gonna just focus on Amirov again is looking at his player profile from the time he actually joined the KHL up until now where that's been a that's been a big thing for him. The athletic what the athletic talked about was he has to learn how to be a player that can also play outside of the top six because you know as a 17 18 year old you're not gonna get the prime minutes in Especially the KHL. In Russia, yeah. Yeah. So. The way they're kind of molding him now in that men's league to be that two-way guy, to be someone that, yeah, in a way reminds me of Ilya Kolachuk, who came in, just wanted to score, and then goes to a system like New Jersey. We're like, hey, listen, you actually have to play defense too. You have to back check. Um, It's great to see that, you know, he's becoming more of a polished forward like that. Yeah, it's it's good to see because I think from – uh, from a Leafs perspective, when the pick was made, myself included, I didn't really know much about him. And it also didn't help that Sportsnet put up just his KHL stats, which was by far one of the worst things they could have done, which never still to this day doesn't really necessarily make sense to me. But um, I think him breaking out and I think him being in this tournament is going to open a lot of people up. To Rodion Amirov, which for for the Leafs, for the Leafs is a good thing because I think a lot of people do not like that, still don't like that pick. Because I believe you don't draft for need. Like I know this is off the board, but you know, of course, if you're not. in that range, you go for the potential, go for the upside. Don't draft on need. Right. That you're not going to see that guy for like what three years. GMs. Yeah, we should. Well, be. We should be general managers. Um, by the way, some breaking news out of the world, Junior. It's a decision um, regarding Braden Schneider's hit will be coming soon. Oh. Uh, also, the hit in the Austrian game is is soon to be coming. That will be looked at as well. Also, Germany will be getting two defensemen and their goalie back. He's been uh, they've been like they're good. Um, they've been released from quarantine, and same with all of Sweden's staff. So they're getting their coach back. So that is wonderful. A lot, a lot of good news coming out of there. Um, yeah, but it was Philip Wimmer who was, I know I'm saying that right, who was the Austrian player. Okay. America, let's go. Team USA. Uh, weird tournament to start. Uh, they got smothered by the Russians, and then they beat up Germany's little brother, Austria, last night. And, like, no, these least, history references. I know. I love them, though. Again, at least the, like Canada, it wasn't even just they were taking a ton of shots. It's, everything was going in. At, at one point, I stopped keeping track, but at one point, and I made sure to keep track of the American shots very carefully here. Shots were 69 to 5 for the Americans in the third. Now, everyone was kind of thinking that hopefully the Austrians can get more shots because 
the the world junior record for the least amount of shots in the game is six. Austria got past six, luckily, but it wasn't looking good. <laughs> the Americans had well over 70 shots at the end of the game. It was 10 nothing, I believe. Um, but, of course, they have a full team, so people weren't really complaining as much. What's really good here, Daniel, is uh, Trevor Zegras did not have a, a great game versus the Russians. Not many of the Americans did. Uh, though he came into that game, I don't know if you guys saw the goal where he roofed. I think, I think it was his second goal where he just, oh, he roofed it. Oh, he was. Oh, oh, oh. I, I forget about like like the professional like analysis here. Zgras was disgusting last night. He is a player. A pl- I know you were concerned about the sort of um, about the Ducks maybe bringing him a bit too early there, Daniel. But and again. Oh, We'll talk about judging players based on best on best play in a second here. Though, if Trevor Zegras had any dollars at this tournament, I think he shut him up last night because, and again, against Austria, yeah. yes, but the skill was there. The Americans needed a confidence booster, and they got that last night. I was gonna say something. I'm like, with all those five shots, were those all from like Marco Rossi? But, um, man, I every time I heard his name, I'm like, oh, yeah. He's Austrian. But, but yeah, I think with the U.S. team as well, that who they've been able to kind of bring, you know, they have a good balance between these guys who look like they're NHL ready, NCAA players, um, a lot of returnees. And they're a team against, you know, maybe they didn't really bring it their best against Russia. Maybe they're shaking off a bit of rust. But, you know, they way, the way they kind of went into the Austria game, you know, it kind of showed that, you know, this is the flashes of potential they do have on this team where, you know, they're able to throw out three scoring lines. They're able to kind of, you know, show, you know, flex that defense they have. They have a really solid, you know, defensive pairings like Cam York. You know, he was the kind of guy where I, I didn't really – I kind of dismissed him at the draft because, because I don't know, he, he looked like just – that defensive guy that, you know, you, it's a safe pick kind of thing where, you know, you got to go later into the draft and you, you kind of think like, you know, don't always go for the safe pick, but he's, you know, he's their captain. He's someone that's been able to kind of really kind of grow um, throughout the games, you know? And, but the one thing I kind of feel is I'm not too high on Spencer Knight yet. I'm uh, I'm really not. Oh, that game against the Russian was not, it was not good. That giveaway was, I think if there is one criticism about the American defense is their decision making in the defensive zone is not great. I mean, it, like, it, I think we need to say that. And also, Knight was not like we're talking about like the sense of a lot of prospects, right? Who who was who was that defenseman they took really early on? Uh, Tyler Clevin. No, no, not Tyler. Jake Clevin. Sanderson. Jake Sanderson. You guys see Jake Sanderson's giveaway after the Russian yeah. pressuring him, like, and I'm not yeah. trying to give crap to Jake Sanderson. He's great. He's going to be Sounds a great. Like, you are. like he's an all-around defenseman, but like, was Knight great? No, his own giveaway was terrible. Though, the Americans did not do their best to support him in that game. Like the 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 talent there is elite, I believe, and you know these are all like cornerstone guys in their respective teams. Just what we said, like little mistakes that you know really add up the cracks that are there that really kind of lead this team to you know these defeats have been something that's been a bit concerning and you know we've we've joked about whether or not who was the last best first round pick goalie but like Spencer Knight just 
maybe it's just these tournaments. Maybe it's just, you know, these are so insular that I just, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't feel the potential there. And, you know, I could probably be wrong in the next four or five years. I don't know. I feel like you're being a very big Ascarov fan right now. Yeah, I'm doing that right I feel now. Like well, you're definitely doing that. I believe that he, Yaroslav, will be a friend of the show eventually. Have you seen Spencer Knight's numbers at Boston College? Yeah, he's been pretty damn good. Have you, Daniel? No, no don't look at them now. Don't look no. at them now. <laughs> no, wait, can I? I know. Wait, do you want me to look at them? Oh, I have them up already. Oh, I, so do I. Go ahead if you want. I know he's been good in the NCAA. I already pulled them up before. Yeah. But remember who said – I know he was a draft pick, but remember who said something about NCAA numbers and, you know, it's kind of like gambling. Who said that? Who? Ryan, Ryan Burke? Burke. Yes. Oh, of course. Yes. Yep. Well, yeah. you'll, you'll sometimes get the guy out of the draft – and out of the NCAA with these numbers, but then sometimes it doesn't work out, but sometimes it does work out. Where his biz- biggest example was Tyler Bozak, where undrafted guy, but you just, you just never know with NCAA numbers because yeah, it also but, depends how many schools uh, there are. I think, I think you're being a tad harsh here. I, I think we're comparing Tyler Bozak to <laughs> Spencer Knight here. Like Spencer Knight, he, throughout the year, he was – it's supposed to be a first round pick. Like this wasn't mm-hmm. a, a new thing. Um, he's going to be a good goalie. Like I, I don't necessarily think that's uh, that's in question here. In my opinion, like you might have a different opinion yeah. than. Oh, me. I don't think he's going to be bad. I just don't think he's going to be like ninety overall in in NHL. This is Daniel's first hot take it on is, the two on one podcast. Remember it well. We need to remember this. All right, I want to talk about Cole Caulfield now. Okay. Okay. Jay Weber's son. <laughs> Honestly. As okay. I pull up a picture, maybe. Okay. I don't know what Shay looks like without a beard. So. I don't think anyone does. <laughs> okay. Or at least not. I'm going to find one. in his adult life. Okay. First question. What do Steven Stamkos and Alexander Ovechkin have in common? It took a while to get a cup. That's a good point. No, no, no. Do you want to see a picture of <laughs> Shea Weber with no beard quickly? Uh, is, is he 19? Nope. It doesn't okay. look like he is. Oh, God. Oh. Okay, anyway. Anyway, stop that for a second. Sorry. What do Ovechkin and Stamkos' games have in common? Uh, they're very good goal scorers, or they yes. they had Speed potential to be. They had potential to be very good goal scorers, and they both did become yeah. very yeah. good goal scorers. They're both right-handed as well, right? Yep. Oh, oh, is is that they, what? They both play on the same spot on the power play on the circle, right? Oh, okay. Why Was that the is answer? Kalia playing the circle and not Caulfield? Why are you putting your best goal scorer in the high slot? What are you doing? And why, like, the Boldy line has been great. And anyone who is dare making fun of Cole Caulfield, and I am a Habs fan, but guess what? I can watch a game and realize how good the guy is. He is the best. How Cam York got player of the game against Russia? You did not watch. For the love of God. You know what he has? He has 
and I don't know this feeling being a Canadians fan when other players watch my team, but when Ovechkin gets the puck, when Matthews gets the puck, when Stankos gets the puck, I stop breathing because I'm like, oh crap, they're about to score. Caulfield has that damn effect, okay? And how in the world he played less than 18 minutes against the Russians? I don't care if the American wingers got caught out and he couldn't get in. What are you doing, America? Why is Kaliev there? He was so bad, they took him off the top one. By the way, Caulfield not playing with Zgras and Turcot because whatever, even though the moment they put him with the Russians, guess who all of a sudden started getting chances? The top line with Cole Caulfield. The scoring chances that he, he, he is... By the way, the only... Sorry, not the only goal. Two of the goals that the Americans actually scored against the Russians. The first one, it was Boldy and Caulfield's work behind the net that actually got it for York shot. By the freaking way, might I add. And then, what? how dumb? Was it Zgras who buried one and gave the Russians a cold stare when the team was still down and they lost, by the way? I just I I love his confidence. What the hell they were doing and how they are using him. I do not understand it. And how people, and Byfield is getting the same treatment, are looking at the way these guys are playing and saying no. Like, if we're just saying, okay, Dylan Cousins had six points, I believe, against Mm -hmm. the Germans. By your logic, you are now trying to tell me, and I'll use your guys' McKinnon example. If McKinnon had an assist and and Cousins has six, six points alone, you're saying, based on your world junior scoring here, that already Cousins is a better player than Nathan McKinnon. Uh, he actually did only have one assist in 2013. That was the argument, yes. too, where um, I remember Jonathan Drouin, when he didn't make the Lightning team, he went back for a second real juniors. And I remember, like, there was that expectation, too, that this guy's going to be, like, Jordan Eberle's, like, scoring pace or something. I remember it was something like that. But, yeah, at the same time, it's just – what we've said before, like these guys come into the tournament that, you know, as much as we have fun for it, I think the biggest thing right now is how, and I've used this word a lot too, is insular this tournament is, especially the way the times are where you're going to look at the little things a lot more because we don't really have any other hockey to look at. Just stop evaluating players solely on the fact of like of best on best. Can I show you my tweet that I just sent out? I just thought of it now. You know what I just kind of thought about the U.S., though? Wow. <laughs> I'll read it out. Hockey Twitter, Colin. Points aren't the only metric to to, to, to determine how good a ho- good a player is. Also, Hockey Twitter. Cole Coffee doesn't have any points in one game. I just hate it. I hate it so much. Like, I know we're big Marc-Andre Fleury fans, and he only has back-to-back silvers. <laughs> That's fair. Um, Therefore, one thing he's I, not that good. Yeah, like the one thing I kind of find too is this is my analysis of that U.S. game, and you know this might be wrong, but what I kind of found that they knew that they were not going to win it, and I think the coach just cycled through possible line combinations, seeing who was going to fit where, who's going to fit there, because like every period it was something different. So I think the U.S. is a team that. At the same time, they had so much layover between practices and games that they're still figuring it out. They're still figuring out what works, how these guys are going to fit. And, you know, it was kind of rough with seeing where Cole Caulfield fit because he is someone that, you know, he is a 19-year-old. He's someone that 
should be, you know, on that top defensive line, a top offensive line. He's already playing Miles better than he did last tournament too. And it's just, it's infuriating to watch. Did you um, just confuse a uh, forward prospect for a defenseman? I don't know. Your name was Steve Dangle. <laughs> um, though... Nick, Nick Robertson's not a defenseman? Apparently not. <laughs> I mean, just 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 to go like, I, I mean, this it's not even just happening with uh, Caulfield; it's happening with Byfield too. And I think I, I I said I don't remember when I sent you this text or sent the text out. Was it this year? Was it today or last night? And it's like uh, clearly the smart asses on Twitter are like, I don't know. And it, it goes back to my tweet, like. To figure out which one it is that you want to pick. Do you want to pick the analytics late or you just want to be a pain in pain in the side? Because right now you're the you're the latter. Not you guys. I mean hockey Twitter. Yeah, those guys. Um Canada, by the way, if we're talking let's talk about Byfield. He had an assist in the 16 goal game and everyone is just jumping on and like, oh, you know, he's garbage. He's Rachel Dory was really, really funny to look. I think she said like people were giving her crap, even though she had been watching Byfield play hockey since he was a kid with her younger brother, which was a, oh, that's a, not like, good enough. I love her so much, and it, again, you know, not like she worked for an NHL team. Maybe we should kind of listen to her. And she's been very much on the side of stop judging these players and how they're going to play in a NHL regular season setting on a best on best tournament. It's like. I just don't know what you're sort of thinking here is like, especially with Byfield, he's so talented. I don't get why people are instantly like, nah, he's, he's, he's bad. It's oh. because the bad things about the world juniors. I think one thing is they kind of look at, and this happens every time where when it comes to the international play of things, you know, you're not going to see your favorite guy always be on the first line. You know, there's going to be a lot of shuffle. There's going to be a lot of players where I think Quinn and Byfield, the way, because Canada's so stacked, but the way his game translates so well. It's like that power forward style is that's definitely someone like I wouldn't mind anchoring like a third line, like in the context of a scoring third line that, you know, plays that solid two way game, because that I think that's where he fits in perfectly right now. And, you know, maybe the chemistry is not where we're seeing it, but I think he's been playing a good game. Like, I don't think he has to necessarily put up like those seven points, like, games because okay one example i have is i remember eric abranson in the tournament had was a leading scorer right for canada at the time but like that doesn't mean like yeah he was going to be the next chris pronger how many times have we heard this is the next chris pronger this is the next Dino chara by the way that's always a fun one um, um but, yeah. sorry go ahead. no i was just gonna say like and maybe we can i don't know if you want me to read that i want to read that tweet out again um that I was telling you guys before, because I think it's a really important point to get across um, about from Lauren Kelly mm-hmm. with the Nathan McKinnon stuff. Do you want me to read yeah. that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's from Lauren Kelly, who uh, is an OHL scout with elite prospects. You might have seen her on um, Steve Dangle's prospect pyramid, the last one, the most, li- the latest one. Uh, many players had great role junior juniors careers that never panned out in the NHL. Daniel, you must know a couple. Oh uh, yeah, so quite a few. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, like one example is I love Jordan Eberle. Yeah, I really do love him. He's one of my favorite players. 
But that said, he is always on PSN's annual, the top players from the World Junior Tournament. And he is among certain names where I don't think that if you look at his NHL career, he's going to be among there. And I think I take that into context. And, you know, there's going to be, and, you know, one biggest thing I'll take from this are goalies. If we're going to look at goalies, like, you know, you'll see Carey Price and, you know, we'll maybe see, you know, the emergence of Carter Hart in the coming years. And, but when you really look back on this tournament, like that, that's about it since like 1998 when Roberto Luongo was the starting goalie for Canada. Because when you look back on those prospects, the, the goalies that have won it for them, like, you know, in my heart and in my nostalgia, I love these guys, but you know, they didn't become those superstars that everyone thought he was going to be like Justin Pogge. Dustin Tokarski, you know, Jake Allen. Like, these are guys that – these are goalies that, you know, we get hyped up for, the guys that, you know, they've stolen games for for Team Canada. But, you know, they didn't really make it. Or even – I'll look at the example of the 2005 team where, you know, that is considered the most stacked Canada team ever. And, you know, the two goalies never – well, Jeff Glass ended up playing, like, three games in the NHL, but this is when he was, like, 32 already. But Was that with Chicago? Yes, it was with Chicago. He was really drafted by the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. I remember because he was the pick right before Justin Pogge in 2004. But those two goalies that year was Jeff Glass and Rajan Boschman. Who? And I have, a funny, I have a funny story about Rajan Boschman. He went in the sixth round in 2003 to the Philadelphia Flyers. And I remember when they talked about him and he missed the draft because he thought he was not going to get drafted. And he woke up to a text from his agent saying, you got drafted in the sixth round. But I'm saying this, where these are two guys that they absolutely dominated in North Dakota in 2005. And they will forever be part of that stacked 2005 team. But they never really, you know, broke on through in the NHL at the next level. Yeah, that was, uh, okay. Or Braden Shen. Okay, I'll just, I like, I like Braden Shen. (laughs) Solid guy, but he didn't become a superstar based on his real junior numbers. Right. Um, and then the rest of the tweet, yes. Uh, many players who didn't put up many points at the World Juniors have gone on to become superstars in the NHL. What if we had written off Nathan McKinnon as a bust after his one assist World Junior career? I believe he was in the 2013 World Juniors. Um, mm-hmm. Hurts. The second part of the tweet, this tournament doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of 99% of players' careers. Instead, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Most of them grow up wanting to have, let them enjoy it. And I think that last part's a really good point mm-hmm. that a lot of people forget. Like it's, And I think the same could potentially go with the Olympics. Like if a group of guys go to the Olympics and I know they're not generally going to be young guys. or you'd be older. If they have a poor Olympics, how in the world does that have anything to do with their NHL uh, numbers? I have a good example for that (laughs) before we move on. Oh, great. Yeah. If we look at 2010. Okay. And we say, man, you know, that Martin Broder guy, despite his excellent goalie mask that year, um, you guys should really search that. It's, it, I think it's one of the best uh, for Canada. But, you know, he shouldn't have been the starter as much as I love Marty. Like, he was 38. He barely beat Switzerland in the shootout. And then he lost really badly against the United States. And, you know, if we can look at that, 
and we look at that international tournament or even look at 2002 and 2006 where you know he didn't really have the best tournaments but they win in 2002 they lose to Russia in the first round in 2006 like that doesn't just say like hey Martin Broder is not a hall of famer did he start in 2010 he he so Luongo started the first game against Norway, and then Mike Babcock was like, you know, Marty had a really solid game against Switzerland, even though we almost lost, but he's going to go against the United what States. What a surprise. Canada <laughs> going with the old guy. Hmm. Sorry. But yeah, even like we look at 2014, there's certain players like, you know, that was a very low-scoring Olympics, by the way. And you look at every player on that team, like nobody was a point-per-game player. And it's not like that Canada was not absolutely stacked. It's about the system. Yeah. Again, Mike Babcock came. Thanks. Yeah. Dan Hamhuis made the team, guys. And Patrick Sharp. Chris Kunitz made an Olympic squad. It's just they um, they're questionable. They're questionable sometimes. It's it's listen, not everyone's gonna be your first line scorer. Mm. Oh, before we move on, sorry, just one more example of the guys that do not make the real junior teams but end up being solid let's hear it you know for that stacked 2005 team yeah eric stall didn't make the cut okay he was second overall in the draft eric stall didn't make the cut and before the concussions and he was a really great power forward nathan horton didn't make the team he was wicked before his injuries too and 2000 2010 tyler sagan did not make the team i bet they just didn't like his attitude that's typical of them. All right. To finish off, do we want to give our taxi squad projections? Yeah. All right. Sure. All right. So. You want you go first. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, rosters are a big load of fun for this season in the NHL. Um, taxi squads are going to be this whole solution to less travel and, you know, expanded rosters and that. Uh, I just put six guys, and I have them separate from my scratch players. My scratch players, obviously, if you've seen my most recent video, predicting the Habs rosters and lines, go check it out. Uh, Mikhail Froelich, and if it's Jake Evans, if he loses the job to Froelich, doubt he will. Uh, Jordan Wheel and Victor Mete. My taxi squad, first off, my third goalie, which um, NHL teams are required to carry, is Charlie Lindgren. Leave Primo alone, same with McNiven. We don't quite know what uh, Vasily Demchenko is yet. Ryan Paling as well. I just didn't seem to work in the AHL, and they need to. He needs to come in ready for camp. Uh, Xavier Ouellette as well is a guy that guys like Brooke and Juleson need to stay in the AHL as well. So Ouellette's there. Same with Alex Belzeal. Uh, Kale Fleury's there as well. And my sixth guy, I kind of had a bit of problems with. Uh, Cap friendly had Joseph Blaine DC as a sort of projection. Um, Again, a guy like Jesse Alana needs to stay down there. I would actually like a guy like Lucas Vigniemo to sort of get a, a, a shot. Another young guy who's known more for his defensive game than he is uh, for it. Assistant coach in Laval, Alex Burroughs, has spoken really highly of him in the past. And I don't think he looked that bad in the few NHL games that he has had. So uh, those are my guys. Again, Lindgren, Paling, Ouellette, Pelzeal, Fleury, and Vigniemo slash Blendisi. Alex, go ahead. Um, well, for the Leafs, my goalie to get it out of the way, uh, Aaron Dell. Excellent. I an think, 82. Uh, somehow an 82 in NHL. I think they'd, I think they'd rather keep Michael Hutchinson in the A. Um, I mean, he's, he was there for a year and a half, I think. Um, now just because I already did my lines, I'm just going to assume that 
when I did my lines a couple, when we did it a couple months ago, we'll just stay the same. So my taxi squad is going to be Berbanov, Patan, Kenny Agostino, um, Callie Rosen. I I struggled with putting Timothy Lilligren in there. I think I'd rather keep him in the AHL because I'd rather have him playing than sitting in the taxi squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Marincin, because who doesn't love a little uh, Martin Marincin, and Dennis Mulgan. Scott Mulgan was a thing. Yeah. Daniel. What, what I like before I go to my team, what I like about these two squads is I think um, they mentioned it before. Eric Angles has also mentioned it, I think, two days ago for Sportsnet that, or not two days ago, five days ago. I thought it was Christmas today. Sorry. <laughs> that is the 25th still. Um, That's what the holidays do to you. But <laughs> yeah, like there's just that influx of like suddenly there's so much depth, but there's also the young guys. and You have to kind of figure out how you're going to give them the minutes and who really is someone that you could expect to grow either with the taxi squad or with the AHL. So I think like you guys have had good selections because I think the, the Timothy Lilligren one and even the Kenan Primo one, because I know a lot of people were calling on him to, you know, maybe play a few games, but you never know with goalies. Um, For me, and you know, this is pretty an easy one because the Ducks have a weird carousel of players. So I'm going to have to go with Sonny Milano, you know, Derek Grant. And before I move on, congrats to Derek Grant on getting engaged. Oh, Forever a duck, you know, it's the third time he's a duck. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be Christian Drews and Jakob Larson. And the, the goalie will be, I think by necessity, is going to be Anthony Stolarz because I don't think Lucas Dostal is coming to North America. And, you know, we celebrate Ryan Miller coming back. Um, an interesting thing I kind of found with this lineup is the projection on daily faceoff or even cap friendly. Like, I don't know. The Ducks still have like two enforcers on their fourth line. And I, I'm just going to dismiss that as, you know, old time thinking because like I don't see them rolling that out anymore because like you just don't have the scoring to – you know, to compensate for that anymore. Who right. are they? Delorier and... Carter Rowney. Yeah. He's still around, is he? Yeah. All right. I remember he was on the first line in Pittsburgh because there were so many injuries. He was, like, on the right side of Crosby. Of course he was. Joe <laughs> Smith from Burlington. You're with Joe Crosby. Smith. Then Buffalo are going to sign you their three-year deal and buy out you buy you out after the <laughs> second year. Wait, Joe Smith or Josh Archibald on <laughs> line with, with Connor McDavid? Both. He's the, he's the left winger. Um, is that everything then? I believe. Oh, we can't forget to mention Blackhawks legend Slater Cuckoo has signed for oh, Edmonton. Yes. And that doesn't change anything. Okay. Does he play 21 minutes? Probably. It's like, okay, <laughs> who are we playing? Chris Russell or Slater Cuckoo? Okay. I remember Chris Russell scoring his own goal. Against the yes, I do. I do yeah. remember that. Had you was like, ah. Yeah. How about yeah. don't score on your own goal? Yeah. Um, yeah Defense one hundred and one. <laughs> don't. <score. laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> That's funny. All right, um, Daniel. Adam. You can do the intro. Oh, and Carl Soderberg. Don't forget Carl Soderberg. One Where year, one. Mi- one year, one million. Chicago again That's doesn't cool. change anything. Yeah. 
He plays on the top line, takes the bread inside minutes. <laughs> you could you could deal him for like a, a second, not a, not a second, like a third or a fourth. Of the I don't know. Derek Stepan's get is apparently available for, uh, worth the second, so I don't know what Carl That's Soderberg's surprising. worth anymore. Mm-hmm. All right, Daniel, take it away. I'm uh, I'm getting very tired. All right, this was a fun episode, guys. Listeners, thank you again for taking the time. And whatever platform you choose, doesn't matter to us. Apple, Spotify, Voice Ed, YouTube. Now we're on Twitch. You know, sometimes we'll have the episodes there as well. Um, thank you again, Voice Ed, for giving us this platform. Um, thank you to Adam and Alex for giving me the time to go on my World Junior rants and my first hot take of the year. You know, expect more in 2021, you know. We will we'll change that up a lot more. Um, new Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution: more hot takes. Um, please remember and, to check and fill that back wall. Yeah, fill the back wall. You know that's that's. Finish the Batmobile. Finish the Batmobile. There's always the longest outro. <laughs> but yes, finish Clone Wars. You know, um, I, I'm I'm getting through it slowly. Yeah, finishing it. You're barely starting it. Yeah, I'm like six on. episodes in. Oh, you made up two. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah. Progress, you know. I'm like a goalie with this. You know, you need to be patient with me in the system. Okay, But anyways, check out Adam's YouTube channel. Check out Alex, everything Alex does, which is... Um, is your show coming back too? You're right. Yeah, the JB. No, not yet. Not maybe, yet? Okay. Maybe. maybe. Yes. Um, check me out wherever I am, you know. Well, we don't know yet. To Tune be in determined. to to be determined, but we'll have Will Baldwin to confirm. Um, we have to do that, by the way. Yeah, that'd be just funny. a clip. Just a just clip. A clip. He, he does, if he doesn't want, he doesn't even have to come on. Yeah, if he doesn't it's, want, it could be a voice clip or no, anything. Honestly, just please to announce. But yeah, uh, we will be back on Wednesday, and we will figure that out. But we will have content, and we will be back. Enjoy the real juniors, everyone, and we will see you next episode. I don't know how on I'm going to be our next Wednesday show because I'll be back to Montreal at the Coliseum and I'm going to have to start building that Lego son bitch. Oh no, we don't use the outro music anymore, do we? What outro music? Bye. We'll have, we'll, we'll-